me, you know, right now, of course, with all the stuff going on uh, with COVID in the church here, right? Um, you know, a lot of times we can get under pressure about that. And, you know, you should never be condemned. You know, if you get COVID, don't be condemned because you got COVID. You know, it's not a reflection on your spiritual value of, with the Lord. It just is what it is, right? Uh, but a lot of times, you know, we get not only we get the, the physical sickness, but then we get all the mental oppression about how, well, if I'd just been more spiritual, if I'd just been, you know, a better Christian, you know, uh, uh, the Lord wouldn't have allowed this to happen to me. And, uh, you know, be careful about going down that road about, you know, uh, heaping upon yourself condemnation. Amen. There's no condemnation just because uh, that happened to you. Amen. Uh, because you can believe God in the midst of it to get out of it. Amen. Uh, and and, uh, uh, you know, I always encourage everybody, even if you get those symptoms, stay in faith. Even if you get the sickness, stay in faith all the way through. Amen. Always stay in faith uh, throughout the whole process. And um, uh, and so one of the th- one of the things that would be helpful, this is uh, from Dr. Lily B. Yeomans. And we, we had uh, been studying her book in healing school now for quite a while. Uh, and um, early on, we'd already talked about this. Uh, but uh, she talked about this one thing. She's talked about this one cure, but uh, she had been talking about how people will go to the ends of the earth and spend all their, their life savings on all these crazy cures. You know, she, she talked about, like, the grape cure. All you can eat is grapes, right? Of course, this was back you know, 120 years ago when, you know, people came up with all kinds of crazy things, unlike today where everything on Facebook is completely true, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, uh, you know, the grape cure or the mud cure or the, you know, the barefoot cure was one of them she talked about, you know. And people just come up with the craziest things. And so one of them, you had to fly to Austria and, you know, over there in Europe uh, and, uh, and to go through all this, this, uh, uh, these mud baths and all these kinds of crazy things. And it was crazy expensive. Uh, and so, uh, so she said, uh, you know, I, I say that the cure of which I'm going to speak of is the only sure cure. Uh, so all those other cures, you know, and they're all, they're all snake oil, right? I mean, there's no inherent... Um, uh, curative powers in grapes, right? Now, I love grapes. You know, I eat grapes every now and then. Uh, but I don't believe, God, that they're going to cure me of all sickness and disease, right? But I'm sure there's somebody on Facebook who believes that, right? And they're probably posting it. You know, this is cure. This will cure everything, right? Uh, and, of course, it's convenient for them because they don't have to live with the people who believe that, right? Uh, and it will die because they believe in the grape cure. Uh, she said, it is the most expensive one ever known. But the price was paid by another, for it was purchased not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And the poorest may enjoy its fullest benefits. I call it the praise cure because it is most readily applied by simply singing yourself into it. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Uh, you know you can sing yourself and shout yourself into and through things that you can't get into or through in any other way. Uh, and so uh, the Lord just impressed uh, me for that uh, for us as a church in this time and season right now is that uh, make sure we double up on our praise with the Lord because when you're praising the Lord, you're not thinking about everything else. Uh, and it's really one of the highest forms of faith that you can have is to enter into his courts with praise and uh, into uh, and enter his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, and so just as we enter into praise and worship today, just uh, really press into praise and worship uh, as an act of faith. Uh, and, um, you know, this is not the only way that we can obtain healing, but it is an area that 
many times when people will express faith in the Lord through praise and worship, that healing comes without you doing any other thing other than just operating in the faith of the praise and worship that you believe the things that we sing. Uh, and I just was impressed by the Lord to uh, to encourage you all in that area. And that goes for, you know, all the folks that are watching us online. You know, I know we don't uh, 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 we don't uh, live stream our uh, praise and worship because we use canned music and the uh, the Facebook gods, you know, sh- uh, frown upon uh, using recorded music, you know. Uh, and so, you know, they've got machines that listen to all that stuff. And if it's, you know, if you dare have one one phrase from a song that's recorded, you know, they'll they'll just block you, you know. And so um, uh, now if we were singing live, everything was live, you know, then they can't really tell that that's, you know, even though if it's uh, an existing song, they really can't tell because it's slightly different than than the recorded music there. So um, but, you know, I would encourage the folks that are listening on Facebook, if you're uh, there uh, but dealing with covid uh, enter into his courts with praise, right? And his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, and spend some time as we're spending time in praise and worship, uh, worshiping the Lord today. Amen. Uh, and so, um, so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute and then we'll get into praise and worship. Father, you're worthy of all thankfulness. You're worthy for us to praise you. You lift up your name, Father. Father, you said to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. And Father, you never said to do that as long as things were perfect. Only to do that when we are healthy. And only to do that, Father, when we're not dealing with anything. No, you told us to do that all the time, Father. To enter into your gates with thanksgiving. In the midst of our trouble. In the midst of our difficulties, Father. And so, Father, we are thankful. We're thankful that you're the Lord Jesus. We're thankful that you shed blood for us. That you washed away our sins. We're thankful, Father, that you are a healer. Father, you're only, we only need you to be the healer when we're sick. Uh, Father, we can live in divine health at other times. But, Father, when we are sick, you are the healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. And so, Father, we're thankful that you're the healer, the great physician, Father. Father, we enter into your courts with praise. We worship you, Father, because you cared for your people to send healing, Father, to send thanksgiving, to send, to send blessings and increase, yes, Father. thank you. So, Father, we thank you. You sent your very son. And if you'll send your very son, Father, what else could you possibly hold back from us? Everything else, Father, is minor compared to sending your son. The healing that you send, Father, is minor compared to sending your son. The power that you send, Father, is minor compared to sending your very son to die for us. And so, Father, we praise you. We worship you, Father. You alone are worthy to be praised. Father, we praise you in the midst of our difficulties. We praise you, Father, in the midst of the storm. Father, we'll not be in in worry and anguish, Father, when storms come. Father, we see the example that you had when you were on the boat crossing the sea in the midst of the great storm, Father. You said there was a great wind, a mighty wind, Father, and yet you were at peace, Father, asleep in the hinder part of the ship. So we thank you, Father, for the example that the Lord Jesus left us that in the midst of the storm, we'll be thankful. In the midst of the storm, Father, we'll sing praises to you. Father, at midnight, in the Roman prison, Paul and Silas sang praises to you. Not because things were perfect, not because they had no difficulties, but Father, you are the deliverer. That's why we can sing praises. You are the conqueror, Father. That's why we can be thankful. You are the one who who gets us out of the worst circumstances and the worst situations. 
and the one who heals our bodies, Father, and causes our minds to be stable. Father, because of that, we worship you. Because of that, we praise you, Father. Because of that, you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be adored, Father. We thank you, Father. We will not be silent, Father. We will not be uh, replaced by stones. You said, Father, if we hold our peace, that the very rocks will cry out, Father. We'll not be replaced by rocks and stones, Father. Things without life. Father, we will declare the goodness of God. We will declare the, the majesty of heaven. And Father, we sing our praises to you. We thank you, Father, for being good to us, for being good towards us, Father. We thank you that you sent your word and healed us, Father. You sent your very Son to redeem us. You shed blood upon the cross, Father, to, to make us clean, to wash away every sin. We stand before you clean, Father. We worship you as clean children, Father, with free from sin and free from sickness and disease. We thank you, Father, that you are good and that your mercy endures forever. You are good, Father, and your mercy endures forever. If you're good, Father, then your mercy endures forever. And so, Father, we sing our praises to you. We declare our praises unto the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, unto the God most high, Father, the God of all the earth, the God of all the universe, Father. You, are, you alone are worthy to be worshipped. You alone are worthy to be praised. You alone are worthy to be adored, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you. We sing our praises unto you, Father, in faith, without worry, Father, without fretting, without being concerned about what's going to happen, Father. Because we know what's going to happen. You will deliver. You will heal. You will raise up, Father. That's why we have the ability to sing. That's why we can sing without worry and worship without concern, Father. We sing our praises to you, Father, because you're the great deliverer. You said the name of the Lord is a high tower, Father. The righteous run into it and are safe. The name of Jesus, Father, is a high tower. The name of Jesus carries great weight in the earth. Every created thing has the ability to hear the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we declare the name of Jesus. We sing the name of Jesus. We use the name of Jesus, Father, to obtain healing and the blessings and the authority that you've given to us in the church. Father, we'll not, we'll not shrink from, from the fight. We'll not run away from the battle, Father. We will run towards the battle and open up our mouths and say, Thus saith the Lord, we have the victory. We will overcome. We will advance the cause of the kingdom in this earth. Father, we'll not be defeated and we'll not be overcome. These are minor setbacks, Father. This is not the battle. This is not the war, Father. This is just a minor skirmish. And so, Father, we have the victory. You said in your word, Father, that this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, Father. We have faith. We believe in you. We believe in you that you conquered the whole world. Father, you, you said in your word to, that you have overcome the whole world. Be of good jo of joy, Father, because you have overcome the whole world. There's nothing left, Father, for you to overcome. There's nothing left for you to obtain victory over, Father. You, Father, have obtained all victory in the earth. You have retrieved the, the authority, Father, from the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So that means you have authority in every realm, Father, that we reside in. Every realm that influences our lives, you have the keys, Father, for those. You have the authority of every realm, Father. The devil is, is existing without authority, authority today. He operates as a criminal element in the earth, Father. He has no authority to bring sickness upon us. He has no authority to bring, to bring 
poverty upon us. All he can do is what we allow him to do. And so, Father, we stand in worshiping you. We stand in praising you. You said to enter your gates with thanksgiving, Father. And so we enter in thankful, Father, that you have all the answers for us. Thankful, Father, that you have all the victory for us. Thankful for, to you, Father, that you have obtained a great name that brings victory into our lives. And enter your courts with praise, Father. We praise you. You alone are worthy to be worshipped, Father. We worship no man. We worship no, no thing on the earth. We don't worship money, Father, or power, or position, or people. We worship you and you alone, Father. Nothing is, worth, is worthy to be worshipped other than you. We praise you. We praise your name. We praise the Spirit of God. We praise the Father Most High. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. The praise cure, Father. Praising you, Father, brings blessings because faith is expressed. Praising you, Father, brings deliverance because faith is expressed. Praising you, Father, brings healing in our bodies because we focus on you as the source of all blessings, as the source of all healing, as the source of all deliverance. You alone, Father, are worthy to be worshipped. You alone, Father, are worthy, Father, of all praise and adoration. And Father, as created beings, we choose as an act of our will to honor you. We choose as an act of our will to bless you, Father. That's why it's so special to you, because we have a choice. We can choose to do it. We can choose not to do it, Father. But today, we choose to do it. We choose to praise you. This hour, in this moment, Father, we choose to worship you. We choose to adore you. We choose to thank you, Father. And nothing brings more joy to the heart of the Father than to see his children with joy and gladness choose to worship him. And so, Father, we thank you. We are a thankful people. We are thankful for what you've done for us. We are thankful for what you've given to us, Father. And we will remain thankful all the days of our lives. We will not forget any of your benefits, Father. Because you said that you heal all of our diseases, Father. And you, you pay for all of our iniquity. You forgive us all of our iniquity, Father. You choose to pardon us all of our iniquity. We thank you for these things, Father. Lord, we just want to stay in an attitude of praise, stay in an attitude of worship, reminding us of the things you've done for us. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. We thank you, Father. We will overcome. Father, this church will overcome. The people in this church will overcome, Father. We will be victorious. We will not be defeated. We will not be cast aside, Father. And we will not be silenced, Father. We will continue to declare the goodness of the Lord. We will continue to declare the healing power of the Most High God. Father, we will we'll not be deterred from, from the very thing that you've called us to do, Father. We will continue in the path that you've assigned to us. We will not look to the left, and not look to the right, Father. Look only to you as a source of all blessings, as a source of all increase, as a source of all power, Father. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness, Father. And Lord, we just want to remind you uh, that you've sent your word and healed us, Father. And so we draw upon your word. We thank you for that, Father. And Lord, with all praise and honor and thanksgiving, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. You know, He's good all the time. Amen. We thank Him for His goodness and mercy. And um, I would encourage you all, uh, especially the ones that uh, are, are online watching us, you know, we know that uh, uh, many of you have been suffering under the, under the sickness of COVID-19, whatever variant, you know, the Septicon or whatever they call it nowadays, right? I think uh, someone I know called them after all those Transformer movies, right? Uh, uh, the, the uh, I don't remember they're called, you know, I think the current one is Omicron, but uh, um, I think there was a, um, a movie called the Omicron uh, variant from back in the day, right? I've never ever seen that movie, so I'm going to have to go look it up. I don't know, but uh, anyway, it doesn't matter if it's the Omicron, Decepticon, Transformer Con, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, it's all under the blood of Jesus. Amen. The power of the Most High God is stronger than all of those things. Amen. Uh, but there, it does require some diligence on our part. Amen. And, you know, sometimes people talk about the wisdom, but oftentimes when they talk about wisdom, you know, use wisdom. You know, oftentimes it, it's shrouded in an, air, in an air of unbelief. You know, use wisdom because God surely couldn't protect you, right? Um, I've got no problem with, 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 you know, if the Lord instructs you to do, to do things, uh, that's fine, you know. But the, uh, the, so you've got to use wisdom, right? Don't go outside without a jacket on and, and um, um, you know, whatever, right? I mean, that's not, I'm not healed because I go outside with a jacket on, amen? I'm not uh, unhealed. Uh, if I go outside without a jacket on, um, it's, uh, uh, you know, if the Lord tells you to do that, fine, do it, right? If he tells you for you, then you need to drink eight glasses of water every day. Fine, you know, do what the Lord tells you to do. Uh, but sometimes we, we shroud wisdom uh, is just a code word for unbelief, right? That, well, we can't believe God supernaturally. So we're going to do all these natural things because of wisdom, right? Uh, and um, I just never saw Jesus using a lot of wisdom, right? He would just go and go and go, and they would try to feed him. He goes, you know, my meat is to do the will of the Father. Uh, and um, I know sometimes, you know, for the Lord would instruct you to do certain things, and, you know, you, do, you are limited in the sense that you live in this, this limited body, and so uh, our bodies are slightly different than the ones that Jesus had, so uh, we, we couldn't uh, probably sustain the level of, of work that he did because of that. Uh, and so we have to find out from the Lord, you know, where, how far should we go, right? How far should we press into things? And I know with, with Brother Hagen, uh, he'd talk about how uh, he would go so far in, in prayer lines because people would come up by the thousands to pray, be prayed for uh, in some of these meetings. Uh, and after a while, uh, he said when his flesh got tired, uh, uh, he, he learned to stop because if he didn't, he would get into error. He'd get into where... He would end up yielding to to uh, demonic spirits. And of course, he didn't want to do that. And so, you know, in that case, that is wisdom. But, you know, he was praying for the sick before that. Right. And so um, so find the balance there of what the Lord would have you to do. Amen. Uh, and so let's open our, our Bibles to the book of, of Mark uh, real quick here. And um, so there's a couple of things that uh, we'll see how much time we've got today. Um, Mark chapter 16, we've been talking about the anointing of God. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, how, how do we work with this anointing, right? Uh, we, our, our foundation scripture here is in um, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse uh, 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, 
and confirming the Lord, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. And so uh, what's the order of events that they went and preached the word, right? Uh, preached everywhere. And uh, as they would do that, then the Lord would confirm the word with signs following. So what's he confirming? He, if you're preaching that the Lord uh, is the healer, then he's going to confirm, I am the healer. So if you're preaching healing, then what's he going to confirm with? He's going to confirm with healing, right? If you're preaching salvation, then what's he going to confirm the word with? With salvation, right? So if you're, whatever you're preaching, he's going to confirm that. And what it says, so, uh, you know, he's not answering to you. He said, this is the way that I intend it to work. This is the plan that I want the, the church to execute. So is this limited to only to the apostles? No, it's not limited only to the apostles. This is for the whole church, right? All of us. So does that mean we have to carry a Bible to the restaurant, stand up in the midst of the restaurant, stand up at the table, knock over a few glasses and preach the gospel? No, you can do it in your day-to-day life. Hey, God is good. Uh, you know, you don't have to preach a, a book, chapter, and verse sermon. You, uh, in fact, uh, uh, your life is a sermon, right? Your life should be a witness, right? You should be a witness. Uh, and, and so um, it can be a simple conversation. It could be as simple as, hey, I noticed that you weren't feeling well. Would it be okay if I pray for you? Uh, just in that moment, you're, you're confessing the word that God is good. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for, for folks like me, I stand behind a pulpit and I preach the gospel. I preach the word. And my expectation is that because we preach the word that the Lord will confirm with signs following. So, you know, in healing school, we pray for healing. Sometimes here at the church on Sunday morning, we pray for healing. Uh, and, and my expectation is because uh, maybe not in that instance, but as a whole, we're preaching the things that the Lord confirms with signs following you. So we preach healing all the time. We preach faith all the time. We preach deliverance all the time. And my expectation is when there's a need and the Lord prompts me, then uh, he's just confirming what we've been preaching all along. Amen. Uh, and so th- this, is the, this is the general plan. And, and I wanted to go through just some scriptural basis for this so that we know that because, you know, we don't want to just pick one scripture. Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 2. And, um, uh, you know, when, when we put together that book on healing scriptures, my goal, uh, my stated goal in there was I wanted to overwhelm people with scriptures that uh, God is a healer. And I think we succeeded, right? We've got, it's like 6,900 and something verses uh, in that book there, which is nearly as many as are in, in the New Testament, just on healing in different translations. And so, uh, because if you will read that book, and just, it's just scripture, right? I mean, there's one small chapter on the will of God uh, and, and some scriptures on the end of it about long life. But the majority of the book is about scripture, just Bible verses on healing. And if, you, and if you read those verses, he will confirm that word with the signs following of the faith of healing. And so you don't have to have hands laid upon you. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, in fact, we'll look, we'll look at some things here in just a minute. But here in Hebrews chapter 2, uh, it says um, in verse three, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. So what does God bear witness? He bears witness what was preached, right? What was said, what was spoken of the word. And how does he bear witness with that? Uh, he bears witness with that 
uh, by signs and wonders, diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. And, and so, uh, you know, when, when the Lord, uh, in fact, uh, if you go back over to, to John, uh, in fact, let's turn over to John chapter, John chapter 5. So he's bearing witness, right? He, he's testifying that the words that I spoke to you, that these words are so. And so here uh, in, in John chapter 5, uh, he says in verse 31, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. You ever had people bear witness of themselves? Man, I'm the best there ever was. Muhammad Ali loved to, to, to uh, bear witness of himself. I'm the best there's ever been. Uh, well, you know, um, I don't know if that was true or not. He was pretty good, you know, uh, at least in the area of boxing. You know, he wasn't very good in his spiritual life. I think he became a Muslim, right? Because he was, what was his name? Was it Cassius Clay, right? Yeah. And then he became Muhammad Ali, right? Because he became a Muslim. Uh, and, um, you know, so he bore witness, but it wasn't a very good witness there, right? I'm not mad at, you know, I'm not mad at Muhammad Ali, you know. I mean, I used to watch him box and because he was a pretty amazing boxer, you know. Uh, but uh, remember Howard Cosell, you know, all those guys back in the day. But anyway, that's another whole discussion right there. But uh, we don't want to get off track there. But, uh, but he did bear witness of himself, didn't he? I'm the best there ever been. <laughs> and so he said, if that's true, my witness is not true. You ever bore witness of yourself? Yeah, I'm the best ever been, right? Uh, and so he said, there is another that bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnessed of me is true. Uh, you sent unto John and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man. So what he's saying is, you know, I don't need John in and of himself to bear me witness. Uh, he said, uh, and that what he said, right? But these things I say that you might be saved because he's going to tell us what actually bears witness with him. Uh, and he comes down to verse 36. But I have a greater witness than that of John for the works with which the father hath given me to finish the same works that I do. They bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Uh, and so uh, that's exactly what the Lord is saying. Jesus is saying words and the Lord's going to bear witness with or confirm that the words that Jesus spoke are so by having all these signs and wonders and miracles. That's the plan of God. That's the plan that the Lord has always designed the church to operate in is to speak the word. God is good. God will heal. God will deliver. And then he will do his part. Isn't that what he said? That's the plan. That's now we didn't make up this plan. That's the plan that he put together. Right. That the, that uh, they went everywhere, preached the gospel, of the Lord uh, bearing witness with them, with uh, confirming the word or bearing witness that the word is so uh, with signs, wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so this is not new doctrine. We're not saying, well, God owes us anything. We're not saying that we move God. We're saying that God just does what he says he's going to do. He said, if you preach my word and declare my goodness into the earth, then I will bear witness with that word. Whatever word that you said, I will bear witness with you with words, with power that backs up that word. Now, if you get up and say, God sometimes heals and God sometimes doesn't. What's there to, for God to work with? Then there's nothing for him to do. There's nothing for him to bear witness with. There's nothing for him to confirm. Well, sometimes I don't heal. Well, he can do that pretty easy by just not doing anything. Right. And that, that's often what happens is we preach in the church. We preach no faith. Well, you know, sometimes you just got you know, hard, hard life. You know, he's got a hard life to bear. And that's just that's just a lot in life to bear. And, and God, sometimes, you know, he's not able to deliver you out of that. And so what's there for him to confirm? Nothing. Right. I mean, if he does nothing, then that's exactly what you got. Right. Then 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 uh, if he says if you say, well, God doesn't answer prayers, then what does he have to do to confirm that? Nothing. So there's nothing for him to work with. 
And that's the problem in the church is we're preaching things where there's nothing for the Lord to, to, to confirm. There's nothing for him to, to move upon. There's nothing for him to respond to because we've not done our part. He said, if you'll preach the word, I will confirm the word. I can't confirm doubt and unbelief, but I can confirm the word. Amen. Uh, and, and so uh, I, I really like uh, Hebrews chapter 2 there. And Jesus said himself, this is the way that I operate. I, I speak things. And then somebody bears witness of what I speak. Not me. I'm not testifying myself. But the Lord and the Father God will bear witness with me that what I say is true by these miracles, by the things that I do. And, and you know, you should never be afraid that, uh, you know, oh, you reckon it's going to work? You reckon it's not going to work? Your faith should be in, well, Lord, you said it would work. So we're just going to do what you say. And just we're just going to act like your word is so. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's for some Christians, that's kind of a novel idea. You mean you just act like the word is so? Yeah. Well, that's like brand new information. We've never heard anything. You know, who does that? Well, like everybody that's ever been in, in the area of healing and miracles has done that, right? Uh, and so, so let's look at it just, uh, you know, I've got uh, so many verses. I don't, there's no way we can get through all of these verses there. I just want to show some examples of this. Uh, let, let's go, uh, let's see, where do we want to go first? Let's just start at the very beginning here in Matthew chapter 4. So we want to see now, now who can speak the word? All of us can speak the word, right? All of us can, can t- tell the good news of what he's done, amen, in our lives. Uh, and uh, that can be either through testifying, uh, hey, the Lord's healed me a hundred times, right? You know, I, I remember one fellow, uh, uh, and we'll get into this later on too, uh, but one fellow, I just want to see a miracle, just one miracle. And, and I told him, I said, well, the Lord's healed me dozens of times. I mean, I can't tell you how many times the Lord supernaturally healed me from some, you know, some sickness and disease, whatever it is. Uh, time and time again, this symptom happened. Farangiade was whatever it was, and the Lord healed me. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that was me testifying. And I was testifying so that the next step would be, he could say, well, then I need healing too. Would you pray for me? Absolutely. The Lord just, you know, the, I spoke the word. Now he's going to confirm that with, with me praying for you and doing that. That's how we work with the Lord. I right? remember the, the Lord working with them. So how does he work with us? He works with us by when we speak his word, then he confirms his word. So that's us in partnership with the Lord. We do our part, which is to speak the word. God is good. God will heal. God will deliver. God will protect. And then the Lord will go, I can work with that. I, I can do something with that. But if we're preaching, well, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. The Lord's like, I got nothing to work with. I, I, there's nothing for me to do there. I, I, can't, I can't confirm that because it's not so. And, and, you know, people who get nothing from the Lord say, see, there's nothing there. And the Lord's like, well, the, you're right. There's nothing there. There's, the, I'm not moving because you're not doing your part. We work together. Amen. You ever, you ever work together with somebody and they're not doing their part? Uh, you know, when I was in school, the worst, the worst part of school I ever had was when we had to do team projects. I always despised team projects because I could do my part. But most of the time, the other guys weren't doing their part, right? Jared knows all about that. You know, he's in the same, same uh, degree I was working on, uh, I worked on. And, and uh, the, aren't they the worst, Jared? They're the worst, right? Because people aren't pulling their weight. Well, why not? Because, you know, whatever reason. I mean, we're not going to judge anybody, but, you know, they're just not pulling their weight. Well, it's the same thing with the Lord. He, he wants to work with us. He desires to work with us. He, he said in his word that he would work with us. Didn't he say in his word? It's a promise. It's, he declared it. He works with us, confirming his word with signs following. So does he confirm our unbelief? 
Uh, well, let me just override your unbelief. You know, well, God doesn't heal. Well, now I'm just going to prove you wrong. Does he ever do that? He didn't say he does that. It says he confirms his word. So, so doubt and unbelief is not his word. Well, you know, sometimes God heals. Sometimes he doesn't. Is that what his word says? Then, 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 then what's there for him to do? Nothing. He didn't do, we didn't do our part. So our part has to come first, right? Because he confirms his word. He confirms what was spoken of his word. And if, and if there's no word going forth, if we're just saying Mary had a little lamb and, and, you know, nothing, there's no faith in the words that we speak, then there's nothing for him to do, right? So, so here we are in, um, in Matthew chapter 4. It says in verse 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee. Uh, what's the next word? Teaching. So what was he teaching? Was he teaching, you know, were, were they like, you know, uh, Plato classes or or cooking classes, or, um, you know, I mean, well, his profession was a carpenter. You reckon he, he had, uh, let's show how to, how to make all kinds of joints in wood today. Was it a carpentry class? What was he teaching? He was teaching the Word, right? The Bible, right? The, the, and, and all he had was the Old Testament. You know, there was no epistles of Paul, right? No, no, no book of Acts. Uh, but, he, but he taught in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So uh, what's he doing? He's just doing and, and showing us by example what he declared as a promise there in Mark 16 and also Hebrews chapter 2, that when the word goes forth, then, then he will move and confirm that word with signs following. So that's why it's helpful to, to have a wide range of, of messages taught in the church. That's why the church should teach the whole gospel, right? Not just, you know, some, some groups only like salvation, well, praise God, if all they preach is salvation, then what word will the Lord confirm? Salvation, right? Then what will happen? People get saved. That's great. Will people overcome? Well, I mean, you know, if that's all you teach, you get salvation, then, what, then what's after that, right? Salvation, then, then the walk of faith comes after salvation. But if you're not teaching the walk of faith, there's nothing for the Lord to confirm. So you get them to salvation, praise God, they get to go to heaven. But, you know, we have a life to live on this earth. And, and if we're young, when we get saved, we've got a long way to go before we leave this earth. Amen. Uh, and if all you're teaching is salvation, then that's all the Lord can confirm. Uh, and so we need to teach everything. We need to teach deliverance from, from a demonic oppression. If we teach de- deliverance from a demonic oppression, then what will the Lord confirm? Deliverance from demonic oppression, right? Uh, whatever, whatever word we're teaching, whatever word we're preaching is what he's going to be able to confirm. Amen. Uh, and people act like, well, you know, you're constraining the Lord. That's just the, the dumbest argument in the world. That doesn't make any sense. How, much, how many doctrines are in the scriptures? Thousands of doctrines of scriptures. Well, it seemed like if the Lord gave us unique doctrines, healing and deliverance and, and overcoming power, whatever it is, sound mind, that if we teach those things, then it seems like it would make perfect sense that whatever we're teaching, the Lord's going to confirm that. Yeah. Why, would he, why would we teach on, on, on healing? Uh, and the Lord, you know, now I know, I know it's a good evangelistic tool, right? But if we're teaching on healing, uh, but somebody needs deliverance from mental oppression, you know, that's not that's not the thing that he's going to confirm. Now, I know there's mercy and he can do whatever he wants to in those in those regards if there's faith going forward. Uh, But for the most part, he's going to follow whatever we're preaching and teaching. Then that's what he can confirm because he's going to confirm the word. Well, what word is he going to confirm the word that we just spoke? And so Jesus went about everywhere, teaching in a synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom the good news of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So the order of events 
is generally speaking, this is like 99% of the time, it's going to be the word goes forth and then uh, healing comes after that. On occasion, because people would just have heard of Jesus and his reputation went forth, they would just come straight to him without any word being taught first and say, I, I need healing. But the reason why they did that is because they'd already heard of those things before that. So they, in that moment, he didn't teach them, but they would heard about his, his, uh, uh, all of his life and the power that he operated in. Uh, but as far as Jesus, the way that he operated, uh, he would go out and, and do these things, uh, teach first and then healing second. Let's turn over to, to Mark uh, chapter one here. In, in Mark chapter one, uh, he says, let's all look at that vehicle there in the parking lot. And Mark chapter one, it says in verse 39, uh, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and did what? Cast out devils, right? So what do you reckon he was preaching in, in all their synagogues? The devil does not have to have power over you. Uh, you know, the thing about the devil, uh, and, you know, it's funny because we, we teach on the devil every now and then around here because why do we teach on the devil? It's literally in the Bible, right? So if it's in the Bible, what should we teach on? So we teach on the devil, right? And we were teaching on the devil one morning. We had some visitors, and they couldn't get out of here fast enough after the church service. And I'm thinking, why would that make you nervous? Teaching on the de- I mean, isn't it in the Bible? How many things did the Lord say about the devil? He said a lot about the devil, right? Uh, and it seemed, like, it seemed like if the Lord said a lot about the devil, it seems like the church ought to, on occasion, say something about the devil, right? Now, are we devil conscious? Are we scared of the devil? Is there a devil behind every bush and every, every, every broken down washing machine? No. Are we, uh, do we have any fear of the devil? No, we have no fear of the devil. He has no, he has no teeth, right? He walks about as a roaring lion. He's not even a roaring lion, you know? I mean, I've, uh, when, I, when I got married, I gave Chris a little, uh, a little, little lion stuffed animal. So it looked like a lion, but it, it had no teeth, right? It wasn't a real lion. It was just a stuffed animal. So we were never afraid of it. Because it wasn't a real lion. Now, you know, if I'd gave her a real lion, we'd have to be a little cautious about it. You know, we'd go to sleep. Is it going to eat us in our sleep? I don't know. You know, so it had been it would have been appropriate to be a little concerned about a real lion. But we didn't I didn't give her a real lion. It was a fake lion. Well, that, I was no more afraid of that fake lion than I should be afraid of the devil. He's a fake lion. Right. He walks about as a roaring lion. Right. He's all bluster uh, without any actual power. All the power he can get is what you give to him. Uh, and so. Uh, let, let's uh, we're in chapter uh, Mark, chapter one, turn over to Mark, chapter two, just the, the very next chapter there. Uh, and he said in verse two and straightway, uh, many were gathered together in so much as no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word uh, unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which were born of four. So there's the man uh, that was born of the, the four friends. Right now uh, in Luke's version, Luke, chapter five. It says that all the Pharisees and doctors of the law were gathered from around the area. And it says that the power of the Lord was present to heal him. And that word power there is supernatural miracle work and power. The power of the Lord was present to heal him. And, and he taught them, right? He, would, he was teaching them these, these things. But how many got healed? Just the one fella, right? So th- that tells you something there that that uh, if you're doing the one preaching, right, and that could just, again, it doesn't have to be on a street corner thumping a Bible. It could be at the restaurant. It could be wherever, just teaching by your word and by your, by your life and by your testimony. Uh, but just because you're doing that doesn't mean people are going to receive it. It uh, doesn't mean that, that, uh, the, that the Lord will, is able to, because we'll look at a uh, specific example here, that he, he can confirm the word following, but... 
if I'm teaching the word to you, you have to receive it. So you have a part to play in that. Amen. Uh, so if you're on the receiving end, then uh, and you want the Lord to confirm his word with signs following, then you need to receive the word. Well, I don't believe that healing stuff. Well, then you'll get exactly what you believe. Right. I don't believe God still heals anymore. He that, that anybody the last apostle. You know, uh, well, then then uh, too bad for you. Right. I mean, you know, hope the doctors are good. I hope you got good doctors. Right. Because the Lord is on it now. Can he do it by mercy? He can do it by mercy. Right. There are plenty of examples in the mercy. But but as far as you having something, see, uh, when they receive the word, like the man born by four, he's like, I've got to go. I, I got to get healing. He's preaching the healing. I got to get some healing. Well, there's no way to get in. Knock a hole in the wall in the, in the ceiling. I don't care. Just do whatever you got to do. And, and, and did he get his healing? He did. Right. Because the Lord was able to confirm the word. Now, they all heard the word, but only one of them was able to receive the, the, the confirmation of the word because he believed the word. All the rest of them are going like, who is this guy? He thinks he's all that. You know, he's got all these people following him. You know, who does he think he is? You know, preaching that word like that. You know, why is he going to all the hospitals and cleaning out the hospitals? You know how many hospitals Jesus visited in his ministry? Zero. There's never an example of any of him. Uh, did they even have hospitals there? I don't know. Uh, but we, there's never a recorded instance where Jesus went into a hospital and emptied it all out. Is there? Uh, and people say, well, you know, once you go to the hospital, why didn't Jesus? To talk to him, you know, uh, he didn't go to the hospital. Uh, how many people did he walk by sick that he didn't heal? Probably thousands of them, right? How many people came to him that always got healed? Every single one that came to him got healing, right? So that tells you something. On the receiving end, you need to be receiving the word that, yeah, if he's preaching healing, then, then I could be healed. Amen. Uh, because you don't want to be like all these people in, in Luke chapter 5 and Mark chapter 2 here. All those people were together. He's preaching all these things. Uh, uh, and the Lord desires to confirm his word, but he can desire, he's going to confirm his word where the faith is in the word. So, so that gives us one more insight about, it's not just the mechanics of, okay, I, I've said God heals, now God heal everybody. Well, if I say God heals, but nobody believes me, even though it's a true statement, but if nobody believes me, then how many people can the Lord confirm his word in? None, none of them, right? Uh, and so, so there is a responsibility on the receiver's part to receive the word and to have that joy of faith rise up. Well, Lord, if you said I can be healed, then I can be healed. Yeah, you know, I, I remember just as a teenager when I first got saved, I didn't know the Lord healed. I mean, you know, I'm, I look back, it's like, you know, I knew so little about the Lord. You know, I mean, I guess I kind of knew he did healing. But I mean, you know, it was that I mean, I had no concept that that was available today. Had no, no, didn't even I, I didn't disbelieve it. But I didn't believe it because I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, is that a thing? But I remember, you know, going to, to a word church when I first got saved. And they started talking about healing. And to me, it's the easiest. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Of course, the Lord healed. I mean, you, yeah, he's got to be a good God. So surely he would heal. It's the easiest thing in the world for me to believe in healing because he's such a good God. But so, so many people that unfortunately go to the, the first church of doubt and unbelief as, as a Christian. And then they finally hear the good word. And, it, and it's hard for them to receive sometimes. Why? Because they've got a lot of unbelief to, to correct. Well, you know, I've been told all my life that, that, that God puts sickness and disease on me. I've been told all my life that, that uh, you just never know if God's going to heal you or not. Sometimes he does and sometimes you don't. Uh, sometimes he won't. You know, you got, and you should always pray, Lord, if it be your will, because we don't ever know if it's God's will to heal. How long would it take you to overcome that? Now, it could take five seconds. It could take five years, depending on how willing you are to yield to the word. Because really, 
It's the easiest thing in the world to, to change your believing. Because the word says he's a healer. It doesn't take it five seconds to just, well, the Lord, you said you're the healer, Lord. Then all that other, they lied to me all those years. Now they did, right? And, you know, you might consider sending them a letter and asking for a refund for all the money you gave them over the years. You, hey, I'd like the refund. You know, I gave you so much tithes every week, you know, and you lied to me for five years. You know, I'd like to get a refund for this period of time, right? You don't really don't have to do that, but, um, you know, uh, it's something to consider, though, right? And so uh, wouldn't you want a refund if you've been lied to? You know, uh, you get a car warranty is, is for a, a million miles. You know, you go 10 miles and breaks down. Well, it didn't really mean a million miles. You know, we meant potentially a million miles, but it was really only good for six miles, you know, really, actually. So, well, can I get a refund on that warranty? Uh, you know, that's between you and the Lord, right? But, uh, and so, so the word can go forth. The Lord desires for, for uh, there to be signs following The Lord desires for him to confirm the word, but you've got to receive the word. So on the receiving end, you've got some responsibility. Amen. Uh, Can the Lord do it by mercy? He can do it by mercy. But no guarantee to do it by mercy. Always a guarantee to do it by by receiving the word. Amen. Everybody that came to Jesus got healed. Only some of the people that that needed healing by mercy got healing by mercy. Amen. Everybody who had faith in healing got healed. Amen. Uh, And so, uh, so he said, uh, there, let's see, um, we got, let's, let's turn to, to Mark chapter 6, and we'll continue that, that, uh, that thought there. Uh, so Mark chapter 6, same kind of story here. It says, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. So what's going forth? The word. What's the Lord desire to confirm? His word, right? He's going to confirm his word. That's why the word needs to go forth. That's why in a lot of churches, when you're not teaching the word, all you're teaching is Andy Griffith and, you know, make sure you vote, make sure you mow your yard and be happy. And, uh, you know, I see a lot of ministers, they call themselves life coaches, right? I'm a life coach. I'm not a life coach. I'm a minister of the gospel. Life coaches, you know, uh, be happy, right? Well, how do you be happy? Well, just, you know, let go of the negative energy that's in your life, right? Blah, 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 right? I'm a bunch of psychobabble stuff there, you know? Uh, let, let go of those, those negative energy people, right? I don't even know the words because it's so, it's so foolish, you know, it's not it's a waste of time. But, but the thing, and I was talking to somebody the other day, they were talking about how, oh yeah, they, they were talking about, you know, this person tells you how to be happy by doing this, and this person tells you how to be happy doing that. I said, well, you know, they're all frauds. Because everything they say got a hint of Bible uh, uh, ideas behind all of it. Biblical concepts behind all of it, right? Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, someone said, well, just because uh, you think something about somebody doesn't mean that it's so. And that really helped me. Well, that's great, except that's a biblical principle. Love believes the best of everybody. That's been around for thousands of years. And some psychobabble uh, psychologist, pop psychologist on TV comes up with something like that. They think it's brand new information. Well, you know, just don't believe negative things about people. But the Bible said that thousands of years ago. You know, and, and, and if you do it by the Bible, it's by faith in the word of God. Amen. You do it by psychology. It's only in your mind. Amen. It, it's not, not really helping you all that much. Uh, and so uh, he said um, that he he began to teach in the synagogue. So teaching goes forth. The word goes forth. What's the, the Lord desire? Signs follow. He desires to confirm what he was just teaching. Right. He desires to confirm that. Uh, and so. Uh, he says, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? No, they were not saying that 
in a respectful way. Is, this not, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and, and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Who does he think he is? Oh, you, you, you go to that little storefront church. Oh, you wear a suit and tie at your church. You know. Oh, you guys are so formal, right? Who do you think you are? Uh, you're not hip like us. Uh, and, and so, uh, uh, they were offended at him. You know, people on occasion get offended because I wear a tie. And I know that's just, it's the most foolish thing you could ever imagine. That's actually so, but it's so, right? I mean, I've had people spend 15, 20 minutes. Well, you know, so-and-so, they don't wear a tie. And they're big, way bigger than you are. So-and-so, they, they don't wear a tie. They're way more important than you are. So-and-so over there, they don't wear a tie. Well, you know, last time I checked, Jesus didn't die with a tie on, you know. And this tie doesn't save anybody. But this tie doesn't hinder anybody either, right? This tie is just my business, right? Do I complain about you and what your T-shirt you're wearing to church? You know, do I complain about you because you didn't comb your hair in six months? I'm not, you know, I haven't never said nothing to you about how you dress. And I really don't care how you dress, right? As long as it's respectful, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, what, what in the world? Why are you looking at my, my tie anyway, right? But today I've got a Christmas tie on. It's really, it's got Christmas trees on it, which I know is a pagan symbol, right? And we, and we all bow down and worship this Christmas tree. But uh, whatever, right? That's a bunch of foolishness right there, too. So... Uh, but they got offended at him. Who does he think he is? What, what school did you go to? Yeah, there you, go. Uh, you went to that school. Well, you didn't go to the first cemetery theological school, right? Uh, and and um, I mean, I've had people, you know, kind of, you know, you find out what, what school you went to. It's like, uh, okay, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and they get offended at you, right? But it doesn't matter. It's still the word, amen. The word is the word, Amen. I just thank God that, uh, you know, the Lord raised up Peter, you know, ignorant and unlearned men. What kind of degree they have? None of them. Uh, how many got offended at them? A lot of them, right? Of course, we thank God for Paul, too, who was educated. So does it matter whether you're educated or uneducated? What matters is, are you preaching the word? Amen. Uh, and so, um, he's, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. So, uh, you know, it's amazing that the Lord, Father God, sent Jesus into the place where he would get the least amount of respect. Uh, and yet, who sent him here? God the Father did. And did they have any regard for him at all? None. And yet, whose will was it for him to go there? The Father God. Why? Because he loves everybody. Uh, and everybody, is, everybody gets a shot. Amen. And here he is in his own country. Uh, no honor. Uh, he said... Uh, uh, and with his own family, no honor. Uh, and his own house, no honor. Can you, can you imagine that? Uh, we all think, oh, I can't believe that. It happened time and time again, right? Uh, and he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick or sickly folks uh, and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages teaching. Now, see, he kept on doing what he was supposed to be doing, right? He went about their, their villages roundabout and teaching. Why? Because his desire was to allow the Lord to uh, confirm his word with signs following. And just because the people refused to accept him didn't keep him from his, his journey. It didn't say, well, what's the point, Lord? What's the point? I'm doing all this work and, and nobody's believing it. What's the point? And we'll go talk to uh, Mr. Uh, Noah, right? How, how long did he take building the ark? 100 years, right? How many people believed what he said? 
Yeah, his family, right? We don't count them because they're kind of required to believe him, right? And I don't know if they believe him. I think they just got in by mercy, you know, because they never, they never said anything about him believing, but them believing him at all, right? Uh, but how many converts outside of his family did he get? Zero. Can you believe that? Zero. I mean, the Bible called him a preacher of righteousness. So he was preaching to you, know, slinging a hammer. Oh, Lord's coming. Uh, the Lord desired to save everybody. He wants to save everybody. We're building a big ark. We've got plenty of room, boys. Come on, you know. We've got room picked out right now for you. You can have room 2732, right? It's got a, uh, it's got a, a window. You want a window, uh, a window room? It'll cost you a little extra, but, you know, you, you can get a window room if you want it. Uh, how, many, how many came? Zero. It's just amazing to me. A hundred years, zero. I ain't got no problems. I'm way ahead of uh, Noah already, right? A uh, uh, hundred years, nobody showed up. No one. It's just, it's amazing to me, right? And he's building an ark. And he's talking about rain, right? I mean, he built it. It was a pretty impressive uh, ark, right? You'd think somebody would have at least, well, he, like he knows how to build a big boat, you know? Surely he knows something, right? But he started talking about rain, you know? Well, we never, what's rain? You know, we never had any rain before. Uh, and, and so, but uh, did, did the, the Lord still tell, Joan, uh, tell Noah to keep uh, preaching the gospel? Sure, right? So, you know, he still preached the gospel. You got to preach. You know, uh, Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up on my bone. You got to do it. You got to say the words. You got to say God's the healer. What if nobody gets healing? God's still the healer. What if nobody receives it? God's still the healer. Jesus didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't get turned aside. He didn't go after, after he went to his own hometown. Because you think, well, we're going to go to my hometown. I'll get the best support there. Everybody loved me there. They all know me. Uh, you know, they all knew how I grew up. They knew that I, I was the best student ever. I was the best carpenter ever. I was the best child ever, you know, never caused any trouble. Always, always did the best in school. Always did the best, you know, at, at everything I did. They all know me. Uh, you know, some people know you and it's like, well, it's amazing he's still alive today, right? Uh, and so, but they knew Jesus, right? But see, they were offended at him because, you know, he, he, he became somebody and, and uh, somewhat of a celebrity and they didn't like him for that. Now, he, he didn't try to be a celebrity. It just happened, you know. Uh, so the word went forth. Jesus spoke the word. And, and a few folks, you know, got minor, minor things, you know. Hey, I've got a toe ache, you know, oh, we can take care of that. But nobody with any significant disease or sicknesses came, right? No blind people, no deaf people, no lame people, right? Somebody may have had a cough or, you know, uh, i got an itch I can't scratch. You know, Lord, can you pray for that? And uh, so he had a few things there. So, uh, but how much power did Jesus carry with him? How much power there was there with him when he was preaching the gospel? Same power he preached everywhere, right? Everywhere he went, he carried the power of God with him, right? Everywhere he went, the Spirit of God was with him. Every time he spoke, the Spirit of God, I will confirm that. If, if they will receive it, I will confirm that. Uh, and so, uh, and yet the power of God was still constrained. You know, people act like, uh, I remember I was talking to somebody, Brother Hagin, the way he would say it, he, was, he would say, they short-circuited the anointing. Now, Jesus had the anointing in him, right? To, to lay hands on the sick to cause them to recover. Uh, and yet, uh, uh, the power was there, but it couldn't go forth. Why couldn't it go forth? Because of the, he marveled at their unbelief. So their unbelief short-circuited the, the power of God. It, it, it did not allow the power of God to flow like it's supposed to, which is what a short circuit is, right? It's supposed to go this direction, it goes that direction. Uh, it's supposed to go and, and accomplish this goal, but it accomplishes nothing. It just goes to ground, and, and uh, that's a short circuit there. Uh, and so... Uh, that's that can happen. Amen. And it's unfortunate that it can happen, but it does happen. Um, but the nice thing is 
from your perspective, you get to choose, right? You get to choose if you believe it or not. Well, I just hope it's so. Well, you haven't quite believed it yet, you know. All you got to do is believe it's so. Well, if, it, if the word says it's so, then it's got to be so, amen? So for, for you, you know, what, what the point I, I want to get across to you is uh, as the carriers of the power of God, right? Because you have the Spirit of God in you. All of us are carriers of the power of God. All of us are carriers of the same power. Do we have a different Holy Ghost than Jesus had? We got the exact same Holy Ghost, right? Not a different Holy Ghost, same exact Holy Ghost. We got different amounts of the Holy Ghost, but, you know, a tiny amount of Holy Ghost can create the universe, so we don't need a whole lot of Holy Ghost to do anything. Uh, but we, have the, the, we are the carriers of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and everywhere we go, if we will, when, when we're speaking to somebody, talking to somebody, preaching the gospel to them. And again, it doesn't have to be in a book, chapter, and verse format. It doesn't have to be on a, on a street corner with a Bible. It can be in, in any capacity that you're just telling about the goodness of God, uh, about how wonderful your Savior is, about how happy you are all the time, about how healed you are every day, about how you get up uh, ready to go every single morning. Uh, that's all of that's the gospel because the Lord loves you. And he desires good things for you. And see, what, what you then need to do is, as you're doing that, is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to, well, Lord, what do you want to confirm here? Is there something that you want to confirm? Do you want me to ask to, to, for me to heal them? Do you want to ask me to, if, I, if I can pray to heal them? Because sometimes your job is to sow and you, and you go away and somebody else will reap, right? So, you, you know, some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. So, but because you're working with him, see, I'm always, when I'm working with him, I'm always, I'm always trying to figure out from the Lord, Lord, what is it that, that you want me to do right now? I'm teaching the gospel to them. I'm telling them about how good God is. Lord, do you want me to do anything? Do you want me to go and do you want to confirm anything else in this moment? That's how we work together with him. And, and it may be just a simple unction. Yeah, just ask him if, if it's okay if you pray for them. Okay, it's okay if I pray for you. See, then what you develop is you develop then your confidence that I'm working together with the Lord. I am in partnership with the Lord. Uh, and then we can see then how that will operate. Then we can, we can begin to see how that operates in our lives. Uh, and and that's, that's the plan of God. That's the plan. Didn't he say that? We read the two scriptures there in Mark, uh, Mark chapter 16, Hebrews chapter 2. But we also had mentioned before 1 Corinthians 3, 9 about how we are laborers together with him. Right. So we are work together with him. So that's how we work with him. We we present his word to somebody either through testimony or through our life. And then our expectation is my expectation is when I'm when I'm talking to somebody is that the Lord is there with me and he and he's willing and, and ready and able to confirm his word. If the moment is right, if they have received it and if the timing for that life is right now. And so that's how we work with him. Sometimes you get an unction. You know, I've been to the hospital many times. Uh, and I know at least uh, at least twice I got there and, and the Lord said, no, you know, you, you can't pray for them. And, and sometimes he'll tell me why. Uh, one time he did. One time, you know, that that happened. Uh, he didn't tell me why. None of my business, really. Right. Uh, but uh, if you go there and, and you can't you can't get past that. Right. So you got to work with him. Yeah, you can't just. Well, well, Lord, I did that. Yeah, you have to do that. Well. He only has to do that if his will is to do that, if they're receiving it and if it's the right timing and all that. Right. So so we work together. Now, he's always his desire is always to do it. But the receiving party has to have a part in that. Right. And so 
uh, that I always know that he's willing to do it. So I, I, I just want to find out if he's ready to do it right now. Uh, and, and that depends on the circumstance, right? Uh, and and uh, if the person on the receiving end is always ready, he's always ready. That much you know, right? Because he's not going to withhold. Anybody that's ready is always, is always prepared to receive of God. Amen. So he's never going to withhold anybody that's, that's in faith. Every single person that's ever believed God always received it. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so we've, got, uh, we've got a few more examples. Maybe we'll go through some of those things because there's some other things that I think are helpful to look at in this area. Uh, but, but I want to encourage you as carriers of the power of God. See, my goal in this teaching is for all of us to understand how this operates, right? All of us to understand how, how the Lord works in this area. Uh, and that our expectation is that the Lord will provide, amen, uh, in the moment there. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, let's just uh, pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you that uh, with signs following, Father, as we preach the word, signs following will come. As we preach your goodness, Father, uh, you will confirm your word with signs following. You said it bears witness of you. It's a testimony of you, Father. That you are everything that we say that you are. That you are deliverer like we say that you are. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you for being good to us. For being kind towards us. And so, Father, we just thank you that with signs following that you'll always do what your word says. And we thank you for that, Father. And just uh, real quick. Uh, Miss Rosemary, if it's okay, I'd like to pray for you. I just sense I need to, to lay hands on you. And um, signs following, right? Uh, are you are you a, a, able to come up here? All right. Well, you come on up here. We'll pray for you. How's that? The Lord is good, isn't he? He's wonderful and kind towards us. And so we thank him for that. So, Father, we thank you that Miss Rosemary is your child, Father. Do all the rights and privileges of heaven. And, Father, whatever you said in your word, uh, it's a promise to her then, Father, you desire to give that promise to her. And so, Lord, I just thank you, first and foremost, Father, that her body is the healed of God. And, Father, whatever imbalances are in this physical body, Father, I thank you that they are straightened up, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, you will show her exactly what to do. You will show her exactly what steps to take because your power is upon her life, Father, for good. Father, to, to be full of joy in this life and to be fully protected, Father, and fully satisfied. You said with long life would we satisfy us, Father. That's a promise that you've given to us. And so, Father, I thank you. And Lord, I thank you from this day forward that nothing can, can hold this life back. Father, there's no yesterdays, no events that occurred, no history, Father. Nothing that she's done in the past, Father, will hold back her future. Father, she is free to make her own choices, free to be the person that she desires to be, free to do everything that you desire for her to do. So, Father, we thank you for that. And we declare it to be so, Father. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, I thank you that you are the, the healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. 
And Father, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I speak life and health to all those here in the church that have been been COVID or have COVID-like symptoms, or Father, that have been exposed to COVID. Father, I bind that sickness in Jesus' name. I command those bodies to be well and to be healed and strong, Father. And I speak life and health to every single one of them, Father. And I thank you, Father, they will fully recover. They will be well and strong and healthy, Father. And come out as well and better, Father, on the backside of that as, as they went into it. Father, we thank you that you are the deliverer. And you provide us deliverance from sickness and disease. And Father, we thank you. And Father, we thank you for those that have not had COVID. That we choose not to participate, Father. We're not required to have it. Father, and it's not, we don't have faith in uh, vaccinations, Father. We have faith in the power of God. And so, Father, we thank you for your healing power in Jesus' name. To live in divine health, free from sickness and disease. And Father, whether we got a shot or we didn't get a shot. Either way, Father, you are our healer. And you provide us divine life and health in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that, Father. And Lord, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them. We declare that you are good and that your mercy endures forever. And we give you the praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, Well, it is the first of the month, right? And so just by tradition, we uh, receive communion here. And so, uh, Jared, if you'll come ahead, uh, we'll receive communion. And then, um, leave that right there. One of those, one of these here. And Jesus encouraged us. He said, as often as you gather together, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, And so, we can do it as often as we want to. Uh, we choose to do it just once a month. That's just our tradition there. Some people take it every week, right? Uh, and um, the, the point of it is to remember what Jesus has done uh, and to remind ourselves that because of, of these two elements, we can live good lives on the earth, right? This covers only two aspects of redemption. Uh, the bread represents his body that was broken for us. He said, I gave my body for you. You know, Jesus could have stayed in heaven and somehow worked out a deal in heaven, but that wasn't sufficient, right? It wouldn't have covered the natural realm. So he had to come into the natural realm because, well, that's where we live, right? He could have just done only spiritual things by only doing spiritual things in heaven. But he did things in the natural realm because we live in the natural realm. Uh, and some people forget that, you know. Well, Jesus could have just done it remotely, right? Just work from home and, and uh, done everything like everybody else is doing in COVID. Work from home. Uh, but he chose not to do that. He chose to go into the world. He chose to come in the midst of all the sickness and disease chose to come in the midst of, of being tortured and, and beaten uh, and shed blood for us. And so that, that represents uh, that bread that he chose to have a body uh, made for him, designed from heaven, uh, that was capable of receiving all the stripes necessary to cover all sicknesses and diseases. And so that's why he gave us uh, this reminder here that because of this bread, we can live in divine health. Amen. Uh, and so... Uh, Let's just thank the Lord for for him choosing to give us his body. And so, Father, we thank you that you chose to make a body for the Lord Jesus, that you placed uh, his spirit in that body, Father. It was born in the earth, 
raised uh, in the natural realm, uh, received stripes and uh, anguish and pain and agony for our cause, for our healing, Father. And so, Father, you said that he bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Uh, and he did that, Father, by the stripes on his back. And so, Father, we declare with our faith that because of the work that he did, we get to live in divine health. And we receive this bread, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, the most precious substance in the whole universe, the precious blood of Jesus. Father, somehow it was sufficient to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Father, because of the blood of Jesus, we can stand before you clean. We don't have to be reminded of our past. We don't have to think less of ourselves because of, of actions and words and things we've done in the past. Father, we, we're washed. And if we're washed in your blood, then your blood is sufficient to make us clean. And people will remind us of our past. The devil will remind us of our past. The Lord will only remind us of our future. And so, Father, because of this blood, we declare with our own mouths that we are clean. We stand before you clean, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, that should make you happy just doing that right there, right? We're healed and made clean. That's a pretty good deal, right? Um, and so um, when Jared gets done with that, we'll, uh, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And I um, appreciate y'all's faithfulness in giving. Amen. Um, and um, uh, you all have been faithful to give in the ministry. And we know that the Lord uh, will respond to that. Uh, as we're faithful to give, then he's faithful to do his word, right? He said that, with, that, if, that if you give, he said, with, with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, amen? So there is a requirement for us to give in that, amen? Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, we just call this offering blessed in Jesus' name. And so don't forget uh, that we have healing school today at 3 o'clock. And, uh, you know, I encourage you, uh, of course, as we're coming up with the new year, you know, a lot of times people will make new resolutions and stuff, uh, but it's always a good time to invite uh, other people to healing school. And of course, the intent is not to get more people to come to our church as far as church members, right? That's Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, right? But healing school, we specifically set it up to be at, a, at uh, an afternoon class because we want people from multiple churches to come. So uh, we do want multiple people to come, but make sure you don't, you don't take that as an opportunity to try to convince them to come to our church, right? We want to, as far as members of the church, we want them to come and hear the good news about healing. Now, if they're not going to church anywhere, if they're not a member of a church, right, uh, then that's fine, right? Use that as a way to get them to come to church because they should be in church, but we don't want to steal anybody's church members, amen? We've had plenty of people over the years visit healing school and be regular members of healing school that go to other churches. And that's, that's really the desire and intent of that particular class because the, the subject of healing needs to be taught, amen? Uh, and so, all right, praise God. Uh, we already received the offer, right? <laughs> all right, uh, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord and you're dismissed.